Hello and a big warm welcome to you. My name is Marion Rose, PhD, and in today's podcast I want to talk about projection in parenting and partnering. I don't usually use the word projection, but I'm using it today because I'm going to talk about it as a metaphor, like the old-fashioned projection movies that used to happen in the cinemas. Maybe they still do use projection in cinemas, but I really love the metaphor and I think it's such a helpful way to talk about projection and what's going on there. So today I'm going to talk about three things. The first one is what is projection? The second one is the answer to why I think we do it. And the third one is I'm going to talk about how we can heal around what's happening or how we can help help others heal when they're projecting. So first of all, what is projection? Well, as I say, I really love the movie metaphor. If you think about a movie, what's happening when we're projecting is it's like we have a movie, almost like streaming from our consciousness out onto the world. And usually it's onto a particular person or perhaps a particular group of people. But today I'm going to be talking about projecting onto one person. So that's going to be either in this situation our child or our partner or even ex-partner. So when we're projecting what we're doing is rather than seeing this other in the here and now, in the situation that's happening in the here and now, what's happening is there's something in the present moment that is reminding us of an experience or a repeated theme of experiences that we had often in childhood, often with our parents or teachers or siblings or other kids at school. And because we're reminded in some way of those past experiences, we project this movie that this is happening in the here and now. And when we project, we put ourselves into this movie. We're in the movie as if we were four or seven or 15, and as if our child were actually our parent or our partner as our parent or the teacher or the the other child at school. So let me give you a little bit more of a tangible example to make it a little bit more understandable. For example, it might be that you're asking your child to do something and they don't appear to be listening to you. So perhaps you're seeing them turning their head away, perhaps they're walking in the other direction, perhaps you've repeatedly asked them to do something, they're not looking at you, they're looking away, and the thought that comes to you is they they never listen to me, they never listen to me. Or it may be the opposite, that they're doing something that you don't want them to do and they're repeatedly um, throwing something or um, shouting at you, something like that, and you have the thought, um, they just never stop, they won't ever stop doing it. So what that is, is that there's usually a charged phrase, I call it, and the charged phrase is usually what will take us into the movie. So we we project the whole movie. So 
in that moment, our the three-year-old child, our son out there who's not listening, or our five-year-old or 15-year-old son, becomes one of the movie players. But actually, in the movie, he is our dad or our big brother not listening to us. Or if it was the other example of not stopping, maybe it's your you having a memory of your older brother tickling you and not stopping or pinning you down and not stopping and all those experiences you're having in your body your feelings your thoughts the things you want to do the things you want to say are actually from that movie in the past so it's kind of like um you know we're time traveling we're literally time traveling in our psyche we're feeling all the feelings thoughts and desires to act that we had at that moment there. And we're experiencing them as if our child or our partner is that prota protagonist, is that the accurate word? But anyway, that other person in, in the play, in this example, our dad. So I wonder how that sits with you. I'm gonna also Put it the other way around because this also happens everyone's doing it we all do this and it may be perhaps your partner or a friend or someone you know is projecting you into a role and they're doing it for the same reasons there's something that's happening there's something there that's reminding them of something something in their past and the the projector is out and you can feel yourself, you can feel yourself being pulled into a role. And at that moment, and I'm going to talk about that more in part three, what we can do. In that moment, often we will get pulled in to play that role. Because often something they're doing will remind us of something in the past that, that, that we haven't had the opportunity to heal from. So we'll we'll do the projection back, so it's like a double movie happening. We'll, we'll project back and then our movie's playing over the top of them. So if you literally think of it like their face, it's like being in the movies, this movie is literally being played over the top. So what you don't see what's happening in the here and now, we're seeing the movie running again. And often this is what happens and often in partnerships, because we'll pick people who will f we're trying to heal basically and we'll pick people who will fit into our movie in some way or other and often that's what's happening so we're not relating to this person that we fell in love with if it's our partner or we're not relating to our child that we love dearly we are in the movie we're in the movie we're not in the present moment and once that becomes both ways and both people are in the movie roles, often that's where things can be unenjoyable. And that's where I want to go to part two. Why do we do it? So I have a different perspective to some people. From my perspective, we could call this the repetition compulsion, the projection, the movie projections. I believe the reason we do this, the reason we pick people who will fit into these movies is because we want to experience something different this time. We keep on repeating the past experiences because our psyche is trying to 
have heard what wasn't heard the first time around, or the 25th time around, or the 5,000th time around. We're hoping for a different response. That's basically what it comes down to. We're trying to heal. The paradox is it often looks the opposite. It looks like we're trying to recreate the same over and over again. But from my perspective, we're doing it because we actually want something different. And that's a really, really helpful thing to remember. A, I think it's really helpful because it helps us be compassionate towards ourselves and the other. To know we, we don't do this consciously. Our psyche is doing it unconsciously. And we're doing it because there's a hurt there. There's an experience we had, or many experiences we had with a similar theme, where we experienced something painful and we weren't heard, didn't get our needs met. So we're, what we're wanting to do is to heal that. So, you know, if you're repeatedly, your child does something, you had a big massive reaction, you feel rage and you want to go and use power over them, I really invite you, if you're picking up what I call emotional sticks and you're judging yourself, you're telling yourself you shouldn't do that, and you're feeling guilt and you're feeling shame, doesn't, it's not going to help you. What's going to help is seeing compassionately that this is a part of you that is trying to heal from past experiences where you weren't heard. And often is a particular set of themes. Often the things we're wanting to heal from are times where we weren't understood, we weren't heard, we weren't seen, we weren't treated with respect. Um, others used power over us, um, others, I was going to say, didn't listen to us, so it's the same again. Often there's things like that, we, we didn't receive the unconditional love we needed, we weren't supported. These are the kinds of themes that, will, that come up repeatedly. And because they're such big hurts, we, keep, we want to heal them. So, and, and our children will do this too. They will, they will try and heal their hurts by the way they're being with us. But really, really helpful to remember that. And it also can help us be really compassionate then with the other. If it is our child or our partner, they're not doing this to try and, in inverted commas, make us. Nobody can make us feel anything, but we can often tell ourselves that. They're making us feel X, Y, and Z. They're not. They're actually trying to heal. And often the sad thing is that when we're in these projections, and often when it's a multiple projection back and forth, often more hurts get added on. And often that can happen in partnerships, often it can happen between siblings, because rather than recognizing this as an amazing opportunity for healing, there's just more projection gets added on and more hurt each time. And we have yet another time where we weren't heard and we weren't seen and we weren't understood. And it adds a little bit more hurt onto the top of that. And so we're going to project again to try and heal and, and hear. So we talked about what projection is, we talked about why we do it, and the third thing is well, what can we do? How can we help others in our lives when they're projecting and what can we do to help ourselves? So let's talk about if someone else is doing that. I think the first thing to do is to start recognizing that you might recognize, particularly if it's your partner or your child, and you're with them a lot, 
you'll start recognizing their themes. They will have particular themes. It may be, again, similar things that they're not being heard or they're being forced to do something or they're being judged. They're not being unconditionally loved. They're not being understood. There'll be some particular theme that will come up repeatedly, repetitively, repeatedly for them. So as you observe, you start to notice more and more, ah, this is the kinds of things they say. You never listen to me. You, you always criticize me. Whatever the thing is, you'll hear and you'll start to notice this is the theme for them. And you'll start to see the projection. And then this actually can see even with people you don't even know very well because most of all what you do is you'll feel the quality of it. You'll start to get more and more sensitive to Basically, it feels uncomfortable when someone's projecting something onto us. We can tell in that moment they're not really seeing us. Martin Buber talked about the I-thou relationship. In that moment, the projection screens come up. They're already projecting their movie. They're inviting us in to play that role in there. And we can often feel in our bodies. It, we can feel uncomfortable. We can... We can just not want that because we know that's actually not. Sometimes, you know, they may be saying you did this or you didn't do this. And we, and we want to, you may find yourself wanting to justify or defend because you, because you can feel the untruthness of it in the here and now because it isn't actually about you. So the more you can do that, what I find really helpful is to, to simply to, to notice that to notice my own temptation because what we'll often do is we'll then we'll be tempted to go into our whatever that reminds us of because we're trying to heal from that we'll go into that we'll be tempted to go into that and turn on our projection screen and project back onto them and to say all the things we wanted to say to our mum or our dad whatever it is you never listen to me because what we're usually saying is what we wanted to say to our teacher or our brother or our mother or our sister or dad or the head teacher, the words that come out are often actually the words we wanted to say in the past and we didn't get to say. We're trying to heal. Clearly it doesn't help if we're saying that to our partner or our child and it's not about them. So really noticing when you have that tendency and at any point seeing, I find really helpful is to go, and if you've connected with your inner loving crew if you're familiar with my work you might want to invite in your inner loving mother or inner loving father to give some self-empathy oh I'm feeling I'm feeling frustrated right now I really need to be understood I really need to be understood that I'm not doing this that they're saying I'm doing Sometimes that's enough and sometimes we don't even need that just to see what they're doing and to see with that compassionate lens that they're trying to heal. Okay, well, I'd love to help. Love to help. I know it's not going to help if I get into the movie and do my own version. If I can see clearly, what I like to do then is to do what I call a loving limit or a neo-no, which is energetically simply to say, no, there's no harshness, it's not angry, it's simply I'm not willing to... Basically what we're saying is I'm not willing to step into your movie and get back into the, that role again. Not willing to do that. Simply not willing. And there's such a beautiful energetic thing that happens in that moment where we get freed up to, 
to not do it and to simply then have a compassionate response because we're then ourselves, we're in the here and now, we're in the present and we can offer compassion, we can offer them empathy. We can see what's really going on for them rather than be a participant in their movie and get them to be a participant in our movie. We can listen empathically, we can give them empathy, feeling, well, I hear you, feeling frustrated, feeling sad. Well, I'm right here, I'm listening. When, we, when we're not willing to step into the movie and when we choose instead to, to be a helper of the part of them that is instigating the movie to try and heal, then everything changes and they'll feel that energetic shift. Same for our children. It, maybe they come home and they say, you're a stupid or you're a dum-dum or you're whatever it is, whatever age they are. They do to you, they do to us what was done to them. And again, instead of stepping to the movie and doing it back, you see, ah, wonder what they're trying to heal from something here. I'm going to love them. I hear you, sweetheart. I'm right here, I'm listening. We join in with some attachment play. Be silly and goofy. If you're not familiar with attachment play, I have some podcasts on that and lots of material on my website, marionrose.net. And what about if it's us? What about if we're playing the movie? Well, one of the things that I find most helpful is what I call getting really clear about our emotional cartography. I talk about this in my Inner Loving Presence Process course. And really what that is, is we start to see our own themes. It's like, it's like looking at the movies that we have. If, if you're going with a metaphor, uh, what do we have nowadays? I don't know where you store your movies. You may store, you may have them in your iTunes library or wherever it is. You know, in the olden days, it might be the, the DVDs or even before that, however, um, however long you've been around, even your, your VHS movies stacked up is, you know, what, what are the movies that I have? What are, the, what are they? What are the themes that I generally have? And the more you start to get clear about that, the more wonderful things become because you see the role you're playing. You start to see that you are the projector. But these people that you're calling in to play these roles, yes, they get called in to play the role parts. But as the projector, but what I like is I'm, I don't know if you're familiar with your third eye, but I'm seeing it as coming from there. It's like the light shines through this, uh, you know, this old fashioned film reel that you've got. And you have the capacity to shine the light, not outwards, but inwards to what's really going on. And what you start to see, what is I, I really find helpful is to see, okay, so when my daughter doesn't look at me when I'm talking to her, then that will often take me into experiences of when I was a little baby and I was wanting my mother to look at me and I was in an incubator and I felt such powerlessness and frustration and rage. And then I can listen to that me, that me, the little baby me, with compassion, with empathy, really hear you, sweetheart, with my inner loving mother. I'm right here with you, I'm listening. So what I've done is I've developed something called the inner loving presence process. But you may have your own process. You may 
no, whatever, how, whatever you do to heal from hurts from the past, what I do in that process is I go back and listen to, so I ask myself, what does this remind me of? And I go back, and the more and more I have my emotional cartography, the more I'm, yeah, oh, okay, that's five-year-old me, didn't get to choose. Uh, you know, particularly when you've had situations that you might want to call traumatic, in other words, they you know, big things happen to you that you haven't yet healed from. That is the opportunity there. The ding on my phone, sorry about that. Um, there's the message coming in. Always trust whatever shows up is, it's the invitation, it's the message. So the more you get clear, you can go in, and when you go in, in a loving presence process, for example, is then I ask the little three-year-old me, how, what are you thinking? And my inner loving crew are there in the time travel. So they go back to that experience with me and they listen to what... This is the whole key of why we project in the first place, to have the different experience. When you can give that you that is trying to have the different experience, the different experience, the less you need to keep doing it again. You may need to do it a few more times because often these things need to be heard and heard and heard a few times or multiple times before they can shift. That part simply needs to be heard. We need to have us, what we're thinking heard, what we're feeling heard, what we actually needed at the time heard, what we needed to say, what we needed to hear, what we needed to actually experience physically. And for me, when I do my inner loving presence process, for example, this morning I was doing one from when I was very little, about five, and I can imagine my inner loving crew around me. It's like we're time traveling. I'm there in my home as a five-year-old. I can remember it all. I see them all around me, my inner loving crews, my inner loving mother on the left, inner loving father on the right, inner beloved behind me, inner best friend just, just in front, a little bit to the right. They're there this time, so this time I'm not alone. That's one of the key pieces, is often the original times we experience being alone, even if we weren't alone. Because if we're not got, understood, seen, heard, met in a feeling, in an experience, it's like being alone. So when we have our inner loving crew, or our outer loving crew, and often we do need an outer loving crew to listen to us too, this time we have a different experience. I'm not alone with this. I'm having my thoughts, feelings, needs heard. I get to say what I didn't say. I get to hear what I didn't hear. And I get to experience what I didn't experience. That's um, what I call reparenting, repair, as in R-E-P-A-I-R, ending, repair ending. That's what we can do for ourselves. The more we can do that for ourselves, and we don't even need to do that, even just in the moment catching ourselves. For example, if it's with your child, to pause and notice I am not seeing them at all you know you can tell can't you when you're doing that projection we don't we're not seeing our child we're seeing the screen of the movie and simply even if we can say in the moment this isn't about you because there we are taking back ourselves as the source of the projection this isn't about you having some big feelings that I'm listening to them this isn't your responsibility. <laughs> Whatever we can say in the moment to remind ourselves of the projector, of the movie that we're playing. It's not them. It's not about them. They're not causing it. We are the cause. 
of our own movies. Not only the cause, but we can heal those experiences. That's why we're doing the projection. So we can hear and heal the old hurts. The more we do that, the less we need to project them out. And the more we can notice them in the moment, oh, here's a little five-year-old me. Hello, five-year-old me. Welcome, welcome. Come and take a chair. I'm listening. I'm right here with you. I'm here with you, sweetheart. I hear you. I'm listening. So that's my piece on projection. What it is, why we do it, what we can do to help ourselves when we're projecting or when our child or our partner is being clear about what's happening and why with such compassion that we're doing this for a really important reason. We are trying to heal. They are trying to heal. And then acting to, to do that healing. So if it's the other, if it's your child or your partner, it's saying what they're needing to hear. They've been longing to hear, I hear you, or I'm sorry, or... I'm listening, or you really don't feel understood, whatever it is, it's an incredible gift we can give to them in that moment by loving them, simply loving them unconditionally. So, I hope you enjoyed that, I hope you found it interesting, you may have some different ways of thinking about that, so welcome those, and if you want to find any more about my work, you can find out more at marianrose.net. I look forward to seeing you in the next podcast. Bye for now.